everybody, welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. I just realized that I got talking my about a big episode. Sorry? Hmm? We're talking about a big episode, this episode. <laughs> oh, 5-3, which is, mm-hmm. um, let's see, what was the title of 5-3? I don't have it up in front of me. Oh. Written in the stars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the horoscope. Okay. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's big in a lot of ways. And I don't know if we all, many of us who have not watched the show fully realized yet. But, yeah, it's um, definitely a big episode. And, um, yeah, uh, I one that I like because I think, well, mm-hmm. I'll get into, get into why in a bit, but... Yeah, it, it's just an all-around uh, good episode for showing us where we're going to be going this season, I think. Because I think the last two episodes were sort of sorting things after the end of season four. This is more like, okay, where are we going in season five? What's our path like for this? So I think we're getting a good, clear idea now. Yep. Um, Can we see more healthy relationship stuff between Luke and Lorelai? And if I'm sorry, but if your heart doesn't warm at like the sight of them on their date, then you're just cold-hearted. I'm sorry, it's just so cute right. and so endearing. How could you not love them? Trigger um, warning about them mentioning a dog dying, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did not see that coming, but it was almost kind of like that's that kind of sense of humor. It's like they tell this whole story and then the other dog dies. Well, this episode was ra- written by Amy Sherman Palladino, and she's great. It was directed by Kenny Really? Because she made a fat joke. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm guessing Daniel maybe wrote that when she wasn't looking or something. But Okay. Yeah. And then it was uh, directed by Kenny Ortega, who has directed quite a few episodes of the series and generally ones that most people like. So. And yeah. also has gotten into some trouble with the Me Too movement. Did he actually? I understand. Wow. Well, I think so, yeah. That's not good. I generally like him, so I was like, oh. I should double check that before I start running my mouth about that, but I'm, I think that he has been reported. Uh, Here, I'll look it up. Uh, oh. I, I did look it up. Uh, yeah. Seems like it's not like anything directly to do with him, maybe. I don't know. Um, Chicago Tribune has an article called When the Abuser is a Job Creator, Speaking Out Becomes Harder. Um, no. But uh, we're gonna he's say... asking for loyalty to Michael Jackson, who had clearly had a profound admiration, um, saying that without him, nobody in the room would have been employed. So that's not, that doesn't directly. No. And who knows, maybe he's changed his mind now that a lot more has come out with about Michael Jackson too because mm-hmm. that's the thing that people sometimes forget is that sometimes people's opinions change and we find new information and we realize that we were maybe wrong before but yeah Kenny Ortega directed this and uh, yeah this is all around a really good episode uh, yeah again we get a lot of information on where we're going and um, yeah um, yeah so Luke and Lorelai uh, go on a date and it goes uh, almost too well because they end up back at Luke's place and she spends the night, which I kind of guess wasn't too surprising because I feel like there's a lot of sexual tension with them and I kind of figured it was going to mm-hmm. happen sooner rather than later. Right. 
And they um, had a very normal conversation in the morning, which which includes, you know, like him, her asking him for coffee. And she's and he's like, well, the coffee's downstairs because, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Why would he have a coffee machine upstairs when he has, you know, probably a few downstairs? Yeah. So she goes downstairs thinking that why would the diner open without him there? Mm-hmm. And uh, she walks down in a T-shirt. She's like, yeah, but everybody knows. His reaction is like, oh, well, everybody knows. Fine. Which was kind of refreshing. He's like, you know, he doesn't feel like they need to hide or anything. Like, you know, like she did with Jason. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, also at the same time, too, like, that kind of backfires a little bit with them. Because people do find out, and then people make a big deal out of it. Not like it impacts it. And, you know, again, strength of their relationship, they kind of endure past it. But, yeah. I thought that and was And this actually- is where I start seeing Taylor as a villain. I mean, I thought he was a villain... But there was a little bit of soft side to him. This is yeah. where I start seeing him as a as a straight up villain with you know with having the audacity to bring up um, Luke and Lorelai's relationship at a town hall meeting. Yeah, that's the thing too. And like... Luke, rightly so, is like knock it off, and you know that endears him to Lorelai even more that he stood up for her. Yeah, in their relationship. You can. He's tell like she... the only person in this relationship is me and her. Yeah. Yeah. Not you, not you, not you. Yeah, he really does stand up for himself and Lorelai. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of funny because I did kind of, I I don't I understand that yeah, uh, Taylor is not the greatest person ever, but it was kind of funny that he was kind of thinking about the economic impact of these two breaking up. Not like it's his business, but I, I totally saw it keeping in his personality and character that he would be thinking of these things when again yeah that's not any of his business at all and nobody else says how inappropriate this is yeah is Uh, really shocking to me that nobody says hey i don't think this is any of our business mm -hmm. and how weird is it that gypsy and this guy are arguing you know like the town's voting on who's at fault the car accident is that even like if you live in a small town like let us know is that something that actually happens yeah i i've never heard of that and then she's like, we really need to get a courthouse. And I'm like, does this, this actually happen at a town meeting? They vote on who's who's responsible in a car accident by a majority vote? Well, I'm assuming this made up for the show, but maybe yeah. I... I could see it, though, because, I mean, a lot of small towns aren't going to have, like, a proper thing. Or if they do, their legal thing, their, like, law enforcement might be, like, a town away. Because I know some small towns will do that where they'll have, like police and courts but it's like maybe in a bigger town a few uh miles or kilometers not like that town hall meeting or like uh, like i can see geico going um what do you mean the town voted on this and it's your fault because of this (laughs) Uh, i was also like Like, a police report like Mm -hmm. why why is this going like don't that's why you have insurance companies and we've established they have insurance companies in this universe so i don't understand why right right yeah it just doesn't make any sense no um yeah so yeah uh uh, and then yeah they go for dinner at like a place that luke goes to he's luke's got a you can see how connected he is the community and part of his life that we have not seen on on screen yeah and yeah we find out that uh he kept the horoscope that lorelei gave him and uh Mm -hmm. yeah it just goes to show he said you know give you're gonna have a girl that's gonna bug you for coffee or something like that yeah and then she, and then she says, well, you've been pining for me. He's like, no. And you're like, oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he did keep it in his wallet for eternity. So yeah. I would and say then he... the next morning he said, he says he's all in. And I'm like, yeah, all in. 
I think he said that at the dinner, I think. Okay, well, oh, either yeah. way, yeah. yeah. But he said it without prompting. Yeah. yeah like, she didn't have to ask him what the status of the relationship was. Yeah. So, this is a pretty healthy relationship. They tend to laugh together, and they really enjoy each other's company. I think that, that you know, I think you were talking about last episode that they kind of bring out the best in each other. They're a nice balance for each other, and I think that's true. I think they... I think they really have a love and respect for each other. It's going to be really nice to see that develop. Mm-hmm. And then probably, you know, get burned down to the ground by the writers. But I'll enjoy it while it lasts. Yep. Well, there's always Christopher just hanging in the background. So. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, let's see. The, what else happened to this episode? I'm trying to look at my notes here. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, Lorelai um, handled uh, Emily pretty well on the phone. So she sees Richard mm-hmm. go out on um, at 730 at night. She sees his car leave and yeah. Emily goes into a panic and is trying to. And then he returned and went out again and she's trying to get a hold of Lorelai and they're trying to go to the town meeting. So she's basically like, um, I'll talk to you later, which is a really good way to handle somebody that's manipulative and you really don't have time for their drama. And she handled it really well. She just said, nope, can't talk now. And she just kind of repeated that a couple times and hung up. Yeah. Which is kind of what you got to do with that type of personality. And Emily tried to guilt her into staying on the phone, but Lorelai wasn't buying it. So I think, I think part of it too is that, that Luke knows her family Mm -hmm. and how they operate. So he's not going to ask about it because he just knows how that goes. Um, And then um, I think she's getting some more confidence in how to handle her mother. And I wonder if that's, possible because she's feeling a little more confident in her relationship too i could see that um and then we also find out that um asher fleming passed away so right and that i don't it doesn't seem like paris is like in charge of his estate or something because it seemed like she was getting really involved like she was in his office right or in his house yeah it seemed like she had been given some kind of role in his estate or something. Like she seemed way involved for someone that was casually dating him. I guess they were in a relationship, right? Yeah. I don't know their thing was, but um, yeah. So I guess he had a heart attack and just died while they yeah. were overseas, right? Yeah, that's uh, what they kind of say, and like I guess it makes sense because he had the angina. So I guess it makes right because we saw a foreshadowing of that in the yeah a couple mm-hmm. episodes back. Yeah. So he's gone. And then she organizes a wake for him. And how Emily does not pick up on the fact that that who Emily like really has reads people well. The fact that she didn't pick up on that Paris is really upset and then Emily says, Oh well, you know, there's a lot of good professors at Yale. I would think that Emily would have would have said something about Oh, so I see that, you know, it was really kind of out of character for her to go, oh, there's a lot of good professors at Yale instead of going, oh, really? So, um, so it seems like you're very emotionally involved. You know, like Emily, Emily would yeah. have, would have read her really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It did feel a little weird. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I, you get the impression that, uh, what's this guy, what's his name? The guy that was naked, naked guy. Oh, the guy with the dark hair? Yeah. I don't remember what his name is. You can tell that he's into Rory. Like, I don't know. He keeps bringing up, like... And that blonde guy. 
Yeah. God, how many they date? Sorry. To, uh, so I have a feeling she's gonna date the blonde guy, the one that was rude to her. You want me to tell you? <laughs> so that's the yes. Yeah. Knew it. Why? Why? They they can't tell me that Lane's gonna date Zach and then Emily or uh, Laurel. Or which one is it? Rory. See, y'all stop. This has got me. I can't wonder all the names. That Rory's gonna date the blonde guy. Really? Okay. So here's here's my experience. So. When I I meet with people that have gotten into a relationship with narcissists, usually the first time they meet them, their behavior is really off-putting to the mm. person, and right. then they wind up dating or they wind up being a raging narcissist. So I it kind of fit that whole vibe to it that you know he was being pretty rude to her and entitled, and she was like, oh boy, Great. yeah. So, ugh. um. My I can see the season's going to be super fun for me. Because hmm? we've now met the third team of Rory's love interest. There's Team Jess, Team Dean, and then Team Logan. So Did we learn what his name was in this episode, or does his name come out later? I think we learned his name in this episode, I feel like. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. he. Here's the thing. Uh, here's my take on Logan. I think he's intellectually stimulating in a way that Dean isn't and Jess is, but I don't think he's as thoughtful or considerate as Jess is. And he sure seems entitled. Yeah. Like uh, he was like, oh, well, he's not your servant. And he's like, well, yeah, he is because I'm paying. I'm like, really? Really? That's how you want to act? Okay. Yeah. Not a fan. Oh, the season's going to be rough. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, you know, some people like Logan. I, I, you know, I don't want to tip my hat too much yet, but I know some people like Logan and others don't. And yeah. Um, but yeah, he's around to stay. So whether we like him or not, we're, we're stuck a little bit with Logan. <laughs> um, but I will so say like, you know, I, I did like his exchange with Rory and how at the end he was like, you got to admit that was fun because you can tell that he gets a little bit of excitement out of it. Like that engaging with people and debating. He even says like, you we've got a pretty good debater in our midst. So yeah, you can tell. Oh, he... that's... Yeah, yeah, but it's, she was really put off by him. Um, yeah. Probably intrigued too. And that's, that's kind of a red flag when you initially, are put off by somebody's behavior that's a sign that that person may not be the right fit for you um, but that person may really work on you and love bomb you yeah and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out mm -hmm. um, because I would say probably about 50% of the people I meet with that um, wind up in a relationship with narcissists they really didn't like him in the beginning yeah I think that's your spidey sense telling you there's something off we'll find out um all right uh, who is what was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? At best was Luke. Um, I thought the way that he acted when she when he showed her the horoscope, I think you could tell that those actors really like each other. Yeah, you can. You could just kind of tell. It wouldn't surprise me if they were in a relationship offset. Um, because of you know they you could tell they really like each other. Mm. Uh, worst, I said Lorelai. I thought she was pretty insufferable, and that's not the actors. I think that's the writing. 
Um, you know, she didn't want any. You know, she didn't want anybody to find out about the relationship, or she was worried about that. And then she got worried that nobody was paying attention to it, because when she met with what Patty and Babette and whoever else that was at the newsstand, and they didn't ask her about it, she was actually disappointed. So I'm like, what? Which one do you want? Yeah. So I really I didn't like her this episode. What yeah. About you? Mm, let's see uh favorite i would say i don't know there wasn't a whole lot of favorites in this um i guess you know what i'm gonna say uh matt uh shirzy i don't know if that's how to pronounce his name logan i thought he was interesting i thought he came came in with a interesting entr- entrance for that character. Uh, whether that sustains mm-hmm. itself or not and makes him a good character or not, time will tell, but at least like he came but in the and acting Yeah, like mm-hmm. he made that character interesting. Maybe problematic, mm-hmm. but interesting at the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh and then least favorite uh I don't know. I I would probably say Rory I just didn't feel like there were some weird deliveries. Like when she asked um, Paris if he died during sex, like a, that felt like a really insensitive thing to say, but just how she delivered it too right. just felt weird. She felt like she wasn't connecting with the material. Yeah. I mean, probably not. I mean, she probably is like, who would say this? Cause nobody would say that. Right. And Daniel Palladino was probably like, everyone would say it. Come on. So Amy Pal- Amy Sharon Padley wrote this, is what you're saying. Wrote this episode. Oh, but did he direct it or or co-wrote it? Oh, she did write it. Because as soon as I heard the fat joke, I was like, oh, that feels like a Daniel Palladino episode. I'm surprised it was written by Amy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he may have been like helping out, maybe. I'm guessing so. All right. Um... Just because you know they're married and stuff. Yeah, no I'm sure the lines blur a little bit, right? Like, there's times where I watch an Amy Sherman written episode, and I'm like, it feels like there's a Daniel line in here somewhere. Uh, favorite reference from this episode? Let's see. Oh, um, when they, I think it was, like, when Lorelai discloses to Rory that she and Luke are together. And um, she said, no, he's standing with a boombox playing In Your Eyes. And that's from the movie Say Anything, which is a great movie with John Cusack. Yeah. That's, that's a famous name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's a great movie and a good reference, too. Because it really just ties into what they're what they're like right now. Um, oh, there's one more. Just a little historical side note. Um, they mentioned Lizzie Grubman. Lizzie Grubman was a publicist. And in 2001, she purposely backed her car into a crowd and injured 16 people and uh when the cops showed up they did not give her a breathalyzer mm. and she wound up she was uh, she had a 26 count indictment and she was um only given i think 38 days in jail and then five years probation and that was it for purposely backing into someone and the new york post editor basically said that the quote was um this is a new form of class warfare was basically that your social socioeconomic status you can basically drive into a, a crowd of people and only get you know a handful of days in jail and five years probation that's it and you don't get a breathalyzer test 
Um, okay. So that's like class warfare. I don't know. I'm sure class warfare has been used in print before, but that was that was kind of this egregious violation of you know of how people are treated differently if they're wealthy. Right. Um, yeah. So she she injured 16 people. Wow. So that's what they're referring to when they talk about Lizzie Grubman. I think um, Rory said something to Paris about that. Mm -hmm. Called her Lizzie Grubman or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like an awful person. I didn't. I never knew about her. So. Yeah. So if you if you hear her name, you're probably it probably like is somebody that doesn't even register for people. But back then, that was a big deal. That it really kind of it further pushed the. Um, this. I mean, that's this is how it's. I mean, there's always been a, a disparity between people of income and courts. Mm -hmm. um but it really pushed to the forefront how differently someone is treated first when they're white and then when they're wealthy so. yeah um all right my favorite uh there was a few that i had but i think for me uh there was one where lorelei said don't be uh so puritanical after all heather has two mommies which was a picture book and was one of the first with LGBTQ representation. So there was a little homophobia to those to those lines, and I'm I don't I can't remember what the lines were, but it kind of it felt off. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I I don't know if I'd say homophobia, but definitely a lack of understanding. Right. I don't know. I was wondering about that. I'm like, is that homophobic? And then I've kind of struggled around to probably not, but I don't think it's nearly as. But it's not appropriate. It's it's tone deaf, I think, which is, I don't know. I don't think the same as homophobia, but but hmm? I don't think it's the same as homophobia, but I think it's, it's yeah, tone deaf, at least in my opinion. But so, it's crossing that. It's crossing a line. Yeah. But again, like we've talked about, this was done like, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. Almost. Mm -hmm. um that doesn't make it okay but it was a different different acceptance of behavior yeah because we've talked about previous episodes how they use the r word and that was just kind of shocking for us to hear yeah but as you mentioned you know there were shows that used that kind of not on a regular basis but back then quite a bit and again not to make it sound like it's okay but you know it was just, it was a different time back then like mm -hmm. not like now where i'm sure if you asked most people they would say like, yeah, we would not say anything like this anymore. So, right, like making fun of Elizabeth Taylor's weight um, and Richard Burton's drinking—that was, and I think that's Luke's line. That's been around for decades. Mm -hmm. so that was one of Joan Rivers' big bits. Was you know making fun of Elizabeth Taylor's weight. Yeah. So that's not a new thing. No. That's still appropriate. Probably not. No, probably not. Uh, let's see. Um, favorite quote from this episode? I like uh, when it says it only took us eight years to get here. Yeah, that I was like pretty cute. Yeah. Um, his whole monologue when he's, um, you know, basically telling him to back off his relationship. Yeah, because he's very protective. I think we talked about this before. He's protective of the people that he loves. So, um, yeah. Oh, I also like, um, 
when Lorelai is talking to the wife that owns the restaurant and um, she said something like, like the, the wife says tardy places have the best history and mm -hmm. Lorelai has so do tardy people. And I thought that was a great line because it's like, yeah, because those are some of the most interesting people are the ones that kind of do stuff outside of the social norms. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting. I yeah. like that line that that um, Lorelai's like, those are people you want to get to know, not the people who do everything cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, behind the scenes trivia. There's any, let's see. There's probably just a couple things. There usually is. All right. Um, Emily, so they named uh, Emily's maid in this episode, uh, Madonna Louise, uh, after Madonna, right. whose full name is Madonna Louise. Sister, Madonna Louise, some than her last name. I think she's got two middle names. Oh, okay. I was wondering that because I knew that that was one of her middle names and it was a really long name. And I thought that was interesting too that Rory's talking to, I guess, Logan about, you know, that you shouldn't treat people like servants and you should be nice to people that work for you. And then you see um, Emily like basically treating her, her servants like or maids the way she usually does, which is pretty harsh. But then she also says, you know, I really liked what you cooked. So maybe Emily's softening a little bit. But I thought that was interesting that Rory's like, you don't talk to people like that. And then here's, here's uh, Emily doing it. And who also in previous seasons got sued by her, um, her maids for improper treatment. Well, I also wonder too, if like, she's also like, she doesn't have Richard around, like, what is she going to do? Right. Right. That he would kind of, he would kind of talk her down sometimes. And now it's almost like she's kind of policing herself. Because she, you know, it's like she's one of her main sources of narcissistic supply is now basically gone. So she has to play nice with people. Yeah. You know, or get new supply. Yeah. And the maids are a source of supply for her because, you know, they're being paid to attend to her needs. Yeah. So. Yeah. I definitely feel like there's definitely a little bit of, yeah, just yeah a little bit of unhealthiness there mm -hmm. uh any other mental health observations just a healthy relationship that this you know a healthy relationship is um doesn't have a lot of ups and downs mm. you can talk about things and you can be silly together and you feel like you can be transparent and also again you know emily's got some narcissistic traits to her and the way that Lorelai was handling her on the phone was really good. You know, she kind of repeated, I have to go, I have to go. She did what's called broken record technique, mm -hmm. uh, where you just repeat the thing over and over again, and eventually she just hung up. Um, and, you know, Emily called her again and again, and probably not a good idea to send her over to Rory. <laughs> oh, but, mm -hmm. you know, she was pretty firm with her, and that's how you have to talk to people that are trying to guilt you into talking with them. Right. Because Emily was pulling out some of the tricks she uses, which is guilt and shame, to get Lorelai to talk to her. And Lorelai's like, nope, got stuff to do. And again, yeah. I think that she's in a relationship she feels comfortable with. So she feels like she has, she has support for, um, she has more support than she did before for, you know, setting some boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she's going to have an issue of boundaries with Luke. I think Luke knows her boundaries. And I think if she told him her boundaries, he would respect them. Yeah, for sure. 
I think at this point, like, they're both so invested in each other's, in the relationship mm-hmm. that I, I doubt either of them would be like that. But mm-hmm. I guess you never know for sure. But, yeah, it just feels like something they both wouldn't really do. Mm-hmm. And they know each other. Yeah. Well, that's the other it's thing, pretty- too, right? Hmm? They know, yeah, they know each other. They've been together for quite some time, so. Okay. Uh, what would you rate this episode? I thought it was an eight. I thought it was pretty good. I think they handled the Luke, um, I almost said Luke and Laura, like General Hospital. The Luke and um, Lorelai relationship really well. And, and I, I like that Lorelai saying some firmer boundaries with Emily. I also find, too, like, what I'm enjoying, too, is, like, they're giving them some hurdles that... I think in other shows, they'd be like, oh, well, they've given them some hurdles. Let's give them some time apart or something for drama sake. And they're like, they're just like clear and passive. They're like, yeah, no, like you can't break us up. So I kind of giving them that relationship deserves after so many seasons of fans waiting. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of making it for them, which is, you know, what Lorelai needs. And Mm -hmm. wow. So the other thing that made me think of Taylor as a villain is bringing up, you know, that Lorelai's past relationships oh I yeah was thinking, fly like that's that was just really horrible mm-hmm. you know and I, mean, I think the creepiness really started when he was using rory's picture without permission when she was a minor to promote yeah. his business um and then he's got this whole thing with basically calling lorelei out for her relationships yeah and it's just really inappropriate mm-hmm Uh, and nobody that out. That was pretty shocking to me. Sorry. That nobody in the town spoke out about. It. In fact, Babette's like, well, you know, if they broke up, Luke would have these people on the northwest side of town, and you know, like it. I'm like, nobody's gonna say anything besides Luke. That felt a little weird. Yeah. Well, also too, like I don't know. It seems like the. Um the idea too that like i don't know i think the town kind of they do like the services that they offer so i guess they were probably like kind of going along with what taylor said right but same time too they're not realizing that yeah they basically just want they want to be together and you know what they're not gonna let a town stop them or taylor (laughs) so right i mean there are several instances where where taylor's you know created this i mean talk about gaslighting he's created this faux kind of fear in people to get them to behave a certain way or to mm-hmm. vote a certain way. And that's right. been happening since one, so. Yeah. All right. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeingreners.com where almost every other day you'll find new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.